everybody, welcome back to the podcast. I am joined once again with Max, and we're going to talk some more about virtual reality and specifically a video that we're just releasing now live from the void. This is the first part. I, we, we released a video uh, previously last year, but this is the first part of kind of the sequential order of this large project that we've worked together. So welcome, Max. It's good to have you back. Thank you. Uh, nice to be back. This is always a treat. Oh, for sure. Love, love uh, chatting this stuff with you. Um, Max is the uh, director, producer, videographer. <laughs> yeah, whatever you call it. <laughs> the film crew, the creator of this this kind of crazy journey that we put together. Why don't we just kind of start about like the in inception of what this was, just in case anybody missed the first one and uh, and kind of go from there. Yeah, totally. Um, so it's funny. I was showing this video to some friends last night and sort of joking uh -huh. about how like this originally started out as a we were trying to make you a live video because yeah. like you've never like there has never been a Scoobert Dubert concert before. Right. Um, and we were sort of trying to cobble something together with um, you playing all the instruments as you do. Um, that would sort of represent, like, this is what this might look like live. Yes. Um, and I think to that end, we failed spectacularly. <laughs> spectacularly. We went way off the rails. This <laughs> has nothing to do with any of that. Um, <laughs> but in the process of doing that, um, we we took this collection of songs that you recorded as a, you know, as what would be a live set um, and sort of built out a world around that that kind of starts with the song that we're going to be talking about today um, in like a relatively straightforward, like in what looks like an actual venue um, yes. in front of what looks like an actual audience. So th this is the video that was like the closest to the original concept. Exactly. Yeah. And then we just sort of like it, you know, sort of descends into madness from there. Um but yeah, so the, the, like, we had sort of played around with different ways to do it, to sort of like make this a visually compelling thing, as well as like to go along with the music. Um, and we, you know, the sort of out of the back and forth, we kind of came to like, okay, we need something that like looks good you know, that you can, like, sit in front of a big screen and watch, and it's good, but it's something that also needs to, like, you need to be able to watch this for a minute on your phone, and, like, it's a compelling piece of content there, and you're not squinting to figure out what the hell is going on. Exactly. Um, and so we spent a lot of time sort of, you know, we sort of started with this conceit of, like, okay, you're the front man, but you're also most of the backing musicians, everyone but the drummer. Mm -hmm. um, and so, like, all of the different musicians are going to be sort of on, uh, like, TV screens mm -hmm. that will play alongside you. Um, so we sort of took that as our starting point. Um, and then we had... I had the videos for you playing each instrument and you playing... Um, and you singing. Um, and then it was sort of a matter of just like compositing that together into a space. Yes. Um, and we tried a few different approaches and it didn't quite land. 
and particularly the TVs. So like one of the things we were trying to do to show like the difference between the front man and the backing musicians was instead of having everybody just in this space, you know, green screened in, we'd have the backing musicians on television sets. And that proved to be a really funny um, challenge as we were trying to iterate through this thing. Just like getting everything to scale and like getting it to yeah. read, you know, we tried sort of compositing together in Premiere and After Effects, which is kind of where you did all of the first rounds of videos that this was really inspired by. Mm -hmm. um, and then I, I had sort of, I sort of got to execute on this thing that I had been thinking about and hearing about for a while, which was um, using um, Unity as like a filmmaking engine. Um, and this is, for, I guess for those that don't know, um, Unity is a piece of software that was originally designed um, to be a tool for video game making. It's like got a, I'll, I'll walk you through it a little bit with a little screen share, but yeah, it's like a, it's a game engine. You can drop things into 2D or 3D space and then animate them and assign logic to it and, you know, all of the things that sort of go into the creation of a video game. Um, and over time, people started using, realizing kind of all of the different other things that it can be used for. And now it's like um, architects and engineers are doing like 3D rendering. And um, a lot of people, more and more and more people are using it just as like an animation engine. Mm -hmm. um, like there was, uh, there was a big, I'm going to look up his name because I always, always, always forget the name of the director. Um, the guy who did District 9. Do you remember this off the top of your head? We we talked about that either in this last podcast. I'm not sure. If, yeah. Uh, yeah. Neil Blomkamp. I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, and I will forget that again by the next podcast when I talk about this again. Um, but they basically like gave him uh, a copy of Unity and a bunch of assets and said, like, give us a proof of concept that this can be a tool for filmmaking. And he did this like three part animated series called Adam, which is like awesome. Can't recommend it enough. Go Google that. Um, but it's this like sort of crazy science fiction, like robot slaves in the desert. Just it, it's everything that you would expect from him. Um, it's really awesome. Um and then I sort of, like, I took that as the sort of inspiration for, like, uh, well, if you can do that, we, you know, how does that, how can we take that same sort of set of principles or techniques and, like, apply that to our weird thing? Yes. Um, and what came out of that was um, this Live from the Void video where, um, you know, we start out in sort of a nightclub and you're on stage singing and then you're yeah. on all the TVs playing your instruments and then Bravo is on the TV in the back playing drums. The drummer, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but then, you know, there's an audience. There's like an actual, like, 3D models of people with animations attached to them sort of doing their groove and a lot of the music. And there's like a light show in the back and sort of all of the, you know, all the nightclub-y kind of things. Um, and what was amazing about it was like, so one of the things that's so cool about 
Unity, and I've I'm like teaching a class on this right now, so I feel like I've been I've given this spiel about a thousand times in the last week. <laughs> um, but the thing that I love about it, or one of the things that I love about it, is it's sort of got its own built-in like asset store, cool. um, where you can download, you know, 3D models or animations or. Uh, you know, particle effects, um, whatever. All of the things that you can use in this system you can get from this store. Um, and some of them cost a bunch of money, but many of them don't. They have, like, a remarkable amount of just free stuff on there uh, that you can just kind of do what you want to do with. Um, and so I think one of the only two things that I actually bought for this video <laughs> was the set for the first song the first two songs <laughs> yeah um just sort of as a proof you know just like let, let's see if this works yeah and then started messing around with like drop the tvs in there put like a little video tech the tvs are all free 3d models put a little video texture on there played that mm -hmm. in the space and then basically dropped a camera under the space because the camera is just one of the components you can control, you know, like you would in a video game, either as like a first person shooter kind of thing or like the mm -hmm. third person following you around. Um, and I just, you know, pushed play and then walked around the space with the camera and screen recorded mm it. Mm -hmm. Um, and had this like, Oh shit. Like, this actually works. Yes. Like we can really, we can do this and we can like, we can set this up like it's a live show and we have a mm -hmm. camera crew, mm -hmm. but without any of the like weird, stressful, you know, mm -hmm. day of concert, law of jungle kind of shit that goes into filming a concert usually. Oh, and and without all the costs, like that's not something we could possibly afford. And so we're we can't even afford to rent out a space. So instead, I mean, a lot of these green screens, it's funny, like I I started for Mass and Monsters literally doing what I'm doing right now. These this zoom background, I just turned it green and then keyed that out. And that was my first green screen. That's amazing. And then, like, I didn't realize this, that. Oh, you didn't know that? That's yeah, why it's no, so that's glitchy. So cool. Yeah, what? Yeah, check it out again, and like you'll see all of this kind of weird stuff. And I also thought it was like one of those like you're using the medium of the time. It's 2020. We all just found out that you could do this, and I'm like, what if I just change it green and then started to key it out, so then I could put whatever I want. Brilliant. Yeah, totally. Thanks. Um, but then I so then I got a green screen for this specific project, Live from the Void, and it's funny because I feel like as you see all the way up to the vocalist, which I did last, you see kind of the green screen quality evolve. Um, some of the initial ones I did on my balcony, which is not a big balcony. <laughs> and uh, I'm sure that the, my neighbors that can literally see into my place were like, what the hell is going on? I don't care. Um, but like, you'll see my hair is like flowing in the wind because I'm literally outside. Um, it's just and like the, the quality fan on evolves. stage, you know? Yeah, like the fan on stage. Exactly. I thought it was hilarious. It's like, um, but yeah, like every component of this I thought was fun because it was kind of like we were failing up. Of like the green screen got slightly better and better. The the way that things were rendering, I think, got better and better. And then it was fun to see like the train come off the tracks where this first one that you'll see is as close to on the tracks as possible. And then it just starts to teeter 
and dissolve and get weirder and weirder. And I think that's really fun. Uh, and it's going to be a fun thing to like unveil over time to tell this story over the next few months and then eventually have people be able to watch the whole thing in total. Very excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like, should I like show some of yeah. how this came together? All right. Exactly. So this is our first video podcast. Um, so the reason why we're doing it in large part is so that we can take a look at what actually unity looks like, um, this future of being able to do these budget music videos and, um, do it in a fun, compelling, weird virtual way. And it's fun too. Cause this is like 3d that we're rendering into a 2d environment. So it's, it's a fun, like kind of straddling the two worlds before everybody has a 3d headset in their house. Exactly. Um, do you want to drop a little bit of the video in here? Yeah, just sure. Just like a little sample before I start, you know. Yeah, that sounds great. Um, yeah. Show under the hood. Check out a little bit of um, of the video that we're dropping now. And um, and then we'll come back and give a little behind the scenes. So here is a, I don't know, 40 second taste of Creature Comfort, the opening to Live from the Void. This is your second cleaning. Your video and audio heads will now be cleaned. This is a mono audio test. Stereo audio test, right channel. Your video and audio heads are now clean. Clean. screen share i'll start with let's see share screen uh unity there we go and now can you see this yep i got you excellent so what we have here i'll start with the scene view so this is like what the world looks like usually you just have this big 3d grid and you can explore it um and what i did here i'm gonna zoom all the way in so we've got this 3d space with these you've got the people in it you've got the stage you've got all the tvs you've got this light probe the thing that really blew my mind was like this disco ball you actually see the reflections of the disco ball moving around the space as it as it spins that's so awesome um and there's like let's see yeah, mirror ball. You can see over here in the hierarchy on the left, which is what I'm going through now, there's, you know, e each item is in there, but then it's got all these sort of child items under it. So there's like the actual physical ball, 
and then a point light pointed at it, and then like the thing that it's hanging from, and then this, and somewhere in there, there's like an actual, yeah, the reflection probe, which is attached to it. So this is just like uh, the sort of 3D rendering of what is happening from the disco ball. You know, the same thing happens with these laser lights. Um, like That's an incredible amount of just like stacked logic. I know, it's, it's really incredible. Um, and then the same thing with like these panels in the back, they've got like animations sort of attached to them. Let's see, where do I find that? I guess that's over here on this side with the inspector. Um, or yeah, there's like a, a couple of animations that it cycles through. And what's amazing about this is like so much of this stuff just like, it, I just kind of opened the box and it came like this. Like I sort of, I turned some stuff on and off and moved it around. And what I'm going to try to show you now is, um, so this is the Unity Package Manager, which is where like all of the stuff that I have saved on the store comes in. Um, I'll load more. Um, I forget what this one, let's see, what was this called? Um, I've got all of my stuff down here, props, sets. So, Destroyed City, little spoiler alert for some of the later videos. <laughs> yeah, two games, PBR stage equipment. Yeah, okay, so this one. Um, so, I guess it's probably under P. I'll load another 100. Um, yeah, and this is all, I mean, all this stuff. A lot of this we used for the videos. Yeah, these folding chairs here that I used to, like, prop up the TV that the drummer's on because, like, it was sitting too low. Yeah. And I really... Something about um, having having this, like, antique TV propped yeah. up on two folding chairs just, like, uh -huh. really spoke to me. Absolutely. Um, like, kind of fit with the vibe of, like, yes, Can this you... is, like, incredibly elaborate and put together, but it's also janky as fuck. Totally. And just kind of, like, shoehorned together, and it's like, how do we, you know... Can you zoom more into the, into the TV um, area? I know that's kind of blocked by the singer. Yeah, so TVs, I've got a whole pack of them here. Nice. Um, and they're all sort of grouped together, so... TV drums. Yeah, so... Just sitting on top of that. Um, on top. That was a TV that my uh, my grandpa recommended. Nice. Yeah, PBR stage so equipment. Cool. Here you go. So this is nice. just like the the package as I downloaded it. Like it looks a lot like that. Yeah. And um, you know, pieces of it. I sort of turned off some of it now, so we sort of had something. When we come back here later in the video, there's sort of. You know, cool. we have something to build to. Right. Um, the light up dance floor and the flamethrowers and all that stuff. <laughs> um, but, you know, you got to the, the stop making sense vibe where you got to sort of start small and then yeah. build up to it. Exactly. And we kind of structured this kind of like an inception kind of thing where you go in uh, to these worlds and then come back out to reality. Exactly. Um, and then as far as like the, the sort of animation of the camera and like what you're seeing there, um, there's literally just a, here, let's got this timeline down at the bottom and then just like a, a timeline object here. 
mm-hmm. where you know all of the animations for uh, the characters are on here. But one of the things you can also see, and I'll switch over to game view so you can sort of I can scrub through and you can see what's going on. Um, I basically set up a bunch of here. I got to lock this so it stays in place when I click through other stuff. So I've got like all these different. Let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, like ten or eleven different cameras, mm-hmm. um, and then I drop them into the timeline. And then you cool. can do these sort of fades where it, like, interpolates between the two of them. Nice. So, like, I've got a camera in the back of the house, and then I've got a camera on the drums, and the opening shot is just, like, fading from one camera to the other. And it does that, cool. and then it cuts to back here, and then, like, zooms over to the guitar, and then pans up Love to the it. keyboard. And, like, all this crazy, just, like, insane like mm-hmm. you know lord of the rings kind of camera work yeah that like like i wouldn't know how to do that with a with a real video camera and oh yeah totally. all of the money on planet earth uh-huh but <laughs> let alone get that shot figured out and then yeah. have everyone nail their cues just right and like mm-hmm. You know, and the the singer actually does well that take, and you know, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but with this, it's all just so. You know, you build the whole thing on the back end, and then you can cut it together however you want. Mm-hmm. And like, if I want, um, you know, pan back to this guy, and he's kind of there's like kind of a weird thing happening with his jaw that's like I love super it. creepy. Totally. Um, and I think in the last song, he's, like, even more glitched out. And, like, yeah. his shoulders are, like, like, his legs are coming out of his shoulders. And he's just sort of twitching in midair. It's real, real horror movie shit. But, you know, <laughs> sort of played for laughs. Um, and then it just keeps going. Um, and it's a great one to start out with, too. Because, like, the second song, which we'll be putting out, when are we putting out the next song? I think that's March. I think it's early March because we're going to do, um, the the plan right now is to switch to a 360 video for early February and then back to um, live videos. Right. Uh, three weeks. I look forward to talking more about that one. Um, yes, but yeah, like it's great because the first song is like less than two minutes long. Um, and then sort of segues directly into the second song. Yes. Um, and the second, like, first shot of the second song, there's already sort of, you know, in a sort of chill, low-stakes kind of way, there's already this weird sort of psychedelic impossible stuff happening, just mm-hmm. with, like, stuff moving around the stage in ways that doesn't quite make sense. And yes. it just sort of, like, slowly turns the volume up on the absurdity. Yeah, um, exactly. But just to sort of, um, you know, uh, find an entry point into this kind of absurd world that we've built, Mm -hmm. um, we want something with, like, a little bit of the, like, you know, verisimilitude to, like, just a normal-ass concert. Yeah, you got to have that foil. You have to have that thing. I mean, I talk about that, like, with music itself, too, is, like, when you're going to get really weird on, like, a track, I feel like in a flow of the record, the the song before the one that gets really weird should ground you. 
or like right before the section that's about to go way far out there is that's that moment of like you set the expectation before you break it. Totally. And I think that, yeah, I think we, you know, we spent a long time thinking about this and sort of building this concept before before we figured out how to do it, let alone even yeah. what we were doing. Um, and I remember sort of going back and forth with you, like the better part of a year ago now, of uh-huh. this like sort of absurd, fantastical storyboard for the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And like how it's going to build and how it's going to develop and like all of the weird, like, and then this part gets crazy. And then like... <laughs> sitting with it for a while and be like, yeah, this is awesome. But like, how, I mean, like, I guess we can do this, but how, and then like, how, going back, how are we going to put you on the back of a whale? Exactly. <laughs> and then going back and reading over the whole thing. Like I read through it again recently. Cool. And it's yeah. like, yeah, I mean, we, we're like a few sentences off from like exactly what we set out to do with this. Amazing. Um, so that's fun. That's fun. Um, it's not, yeah, it is. And and like, you know, I mentioned at the beginning, we sort of set out to make a live video. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, in a certain respect failed. Um, Mm -hmm. but I think in another respect, like, I don't know. I think it, um, there's sort of a sense of um of place like it's it's playing with a sense of place in a way that like this project really does cuz like you you know you you're very much like a dude from San Diego mm-hmm. but sort of the more sort of the more it develops and the longer we go without ever doing anything any like actual live shows like mm-hmm. you are from the internet mm-hmm. and so right. and like from the computer and yeah. so have like uh, this is sort of you know it, it, in that regard this is your hometown show yeah like right. this is exactly. this sort of absurd digital like kind of high tech but kind of low tech mm-hmm fake world is the world it, like this is this is what birthed it all and this is what yeah. has like embraced it and so exactly. like, and, it, it makes sense there and i feel that on the audio side too because like i did play this all live um and then but it's live into a computer without really hitting the air at all and i think that that creates this kind of almost like it's like it's like a board feed but even more so sense of intimacy but there are mistakes because it's live and it's real and there are moments where the whole groove speeds up and slows down in a way that it doesn't on on the record and but then it's all routed into an impulse response reverb to create artificial air moving around and i feel like that just like doubles down on exactly what you're saying where it's it's like uncanny valley territory of a live show totally totally um which is i mean the uncanny valley is just sort of like the fucking playground for this project exactly it's all just like how i don't know it's very friendly and very approachable but just so damn weird 
Um, <laughs> and like weird in a way that like you know not weird in an alienating way, and definitely not weird for the sake of being weird. Um, because like it kind of couldn't be any other way. It just sort of like it all. It's a very I don't know. It's it's a holistic approach to the whole thing. Um, but that um, yeah, I, I just. It, it feels like the right place to sort of debut the, like, live version of this. Totally. And I, I do kind of value the fact that we've had an opportunity to, like, pour more stuff into this creation. Because, like, fundamentally what we're doing is we're creating, a, like, a character of which, like, it is inexorably tied to my actual background and personality and stuff like that. But I do, I feel that, like, even as a songwriter and as a producer all that stuff like the more that I pour into this thing the more that it becomes this like distinct identity and this it's it's just like a weird psychological trick that I guess I'm playing on myself but just by nature of like always wearing this mask and like always you know it just sets a tone that I can't break I can't not be that in this setting um like even Beyonce talks about that like she's not Beyonce at home like the Sasha Fierce thing it's like it's the exact same and the exact opposite at the same time of that concept. <laughs> totally. I mean, that makes perfect sense. And like, I, I don't know, I see that a lot. And I think about that a lot, like in the world of hip hop, especially. Yeah, for sure. And like, for why, sure. that's why everyone makes up their name and why like most of the rappers I've ever known have also been comic book nerds. Like, there's, oh. it's just, it's a superhero thing. You get to, like, yeah. put on your yeah. tape and then right. do this other thing. I mean, even, like, Prince, want. right? Like Totally. You know? Yeah. It opens you up in a different way, and I, I kind of think that it's fun that we've been pouring into it in a, such a virtual way. Because then it's, like, it's creating an identity that is fundamentally not real. That's right. Compelling. It's like it's not real, but it's kind of hyper real. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. like you are very much like I don't know, like Scoober Duber is like, uh, you know, it's not like this. It, it it's not like an inversion of yourself. Not at or all. Like not at all. That's why I'm saying it's not like the Sasha Fierce or Prince thing where it's right. like I'm assuming a new identity. It's like almost just a more distilled version of the identity. Like not even I wouldn't even necessarily go that far. It's just like the artistic expression of something I already am. I don't know. Well, it's hard I, to... I mean, we were texting about this a little while ago. And like something that I think I have thought about a lot is that just sort of the like is the concept of like kind of performing your own identity on the Internet and like mm-hmm. how weird that is and how yeah. uncomfortable it can feel yeah and like one of the things especially like when you're like you know doing art or whatever you know making music trying to get your stuff out there there's this weird sort of um like supplicative voice that you have to take with the like hey guys check out my new single hey guys come to my show hey guys like and subscribe that like I it, you know in my personal experience I've struggled with that a lot mm-hmm. um, it's something that I find very like emotionally difficult and yeah. I think that like the 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 pandemic and the quarantine and sort of 
being away from everyone through everything but the internet for so long has like I don't know if it's quite amplified it or like it's it's warped it in some very strange ways for sure um and I think that just like being able even something as simple as like you know a a cloth mask and a fake name gives you enough distance from that performance of identity that like it doesn't feel so uncomfortable yeah i mean it's like it's like the first time i heard the concept personal branding um it was so like hard for me to like suss that that i like i wrote a song called coca-cola about it i wrote i wrote that song like a long ass time ago it it was not a 2020 song that was like a 2014 song um, but it was just so like because I the the context that I heard it at it was like my first job ever. And there were people that were way older than I was working as part of that job. Um, I got pulled on just like friend of a friend. Hey, you just graduated college. We need a few more people. And they were talking about personal branding. They worked in tech. This was um, with Google Glass, which I think is awesome in terms of the through lines yeah, for what we're doing. Yeah, totally. Crazy. That was my first job. Um like very lucky i was just in venice i was a venice dude and just went to the right places to drink or something i don't know but it it worked out ended up there first job and everybody was sitting at a table talking about like because they like they knew that the contract was going to wrap up it was a contract position we they knew we're all getting fired in six months because they're going to wrap this thing up and so people are talking around the table about personal branding and like how do i i'm going to like rebrand but they were talking about their own identity and I don't know, it's like, it's like, and I, I guess that there are other practical examples of that. Like when people go to college, it's like, oh, this is an opportunity to like fundamentally rebrand who I am. Um, but it's, it's a hard thing to, I don't know, to take, to be that like. It's uncomfortable to be that literal about it. Maybe. Yeah. Or, but at the same time, maybe it's honest. I don't I mean, know. It's totally, it's, yeah. I mean, like, I, you know, it, it, it's just sort of like. I don't know, in the same way that, like, thinking of anything as a brand is, like, kind of, like, yeah, you know, with, yeah. sure, like, Coca-Cola, totally, like, yeah. uh, but, it, you know, at a certain point, when it becomes, like, a thing that you have an emotional connection with, even a band, you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah. I, I don't really think of the bands that I like as brands, like, mm-hmm. I know that, you know, there's an argument to be made that way, but like, you know, it's, it's like, uh, you know, is the language of, it, it's just a, it's weird to apply the language of consumerism to all of these other things that like you like to imagine exist outside of that on some level, yeah. but also not, it, you know, yeah. it's, 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 it's a, sorry, I got my alarm going please, off please. because I'm going to, I'm going to be um, on the radio on 91X. So that was to remind me to oh, cool. tune in to hear myself, which I'm very stoked about. Um, but, uh, but I, I'm with you. And like one of the first bands that I was in that actually had a manager, he, he, every meeting he'd be like, this is not a band. This is a brand. And I think he was like being so clever, but it just never sat right. right. Because it's, it's, a, it's like a very cart before the horse kind of thing that 
Like it is and it isn't. And both of those things need to kind of exist at the same time. In the same way, like you can have a personal identity and a brand that you're like projecting out to the world on LinkedIn. But the second that that starts to seep into the way that you project yourself to like your spouse and your mom, that's when it gets super weird to me. And that's what I wrote the song about was like this, these like forces that on their own are not necessarily good or bad, but it's like when they exceed their bounds, then they start to like really warp the human identity. Totally. And like, I don't know. I mean, to that, ex to that end, like, you know, I do have like, a, you know, we all have like a per persona or a For sure. whatever that you Absolutely. showed every, you know, I, and I act differently around, you know, my boss than I do around my mom than I do around my girlfriend or whatever. Mm -hmm. But like, they're all sort of part of the same picture. And, like, it's just when you start, like, I definitely, like, I, I know, I know me and I know sort of how to read my own lines or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's really, I don't know. I don't even remember how we got onto this topic anymore. I feel like I, like, went down the rabbit hole. Yeah, no, it's fun. But, um... The, the it ties into what I'm trying to write about about in my new record, Koan. Like yeah. The two two main things that are fascinating me uh, right now, or three. One is like flattening yourself, like taking the infinite and turning it two-dimensional. find that fascinating, especially especially with celebrity because then like you really, really get like flattened into the tabloid and that is who you are. Like Kanye West, he is, an, he is like a fascinating person because he is very hard to flatten. Right. Um, and then when you do, he looks awful. And but, yeah. One of the things that I like to circle back on what I was saying a couple of minutes ago about the rappers yeah. and the fake names, like uh -huh. the fact that he is one of the only ones who just uses his real name. Huh. Like uh -huh. he is yeah. only performing himself. <laughs> and that, huh. I, I don't know. That's I interesting. Mean, That's an interesting point. He, yeah. He's, I don't know. The man has a fascinating right. brain. Yeah. yeah. Two more, two more things. So the flattening, the um, the fact that we are impermanent, and not just in terms of um, impermanence of like like death, but impermanence in terms of like on a day to day version of yourself. Like by nature of being infinite, there will not be like there will be cognitive dissonance at every turn. And what do you do with that information? Usually, it's ignore it. But I'm trying to like I don't know. That's one of the things that I'm trying to like dig into on the record. Um, and then the third thing is interdependence, how much we actually require. We are like the lack of true independence that any of us actually have, will ever have or have ever had. Yeah, it's cool. The um, point two reminds me of, uh -huh. it was like, uh, I was visiting my family over the weekend and got mm -hmm. into some like very late night talk about, my brother's been going down this rabbit hole with quantum computers lately. He's just like, nice. this shit's interesting. I want to learn everything I can wrap my head around about this, which is yes. like not that much because that shit is really, really confusing. Absolutely. Um, but this sort of idea that like, you know, when something is like in a quantum, you know, it it's quantum kind state, yeah. of everywhere. And as soon right. as you point at, you know, it's like the bee is buzzing around the tree. And if you take mm -hmm. a picture of the bee, you just see it in that one place. Mm -hmm. And then you immediately like cease to understand where the B is because he's not mm -hmm. in that one place. He's all these, he's everywhere. Yeah. Um, and yeah, how that just sort of spins out to like everything. And the, 
you know, they're sort of trying to figure out how to, like, turn that into a piece of hardware and a piece of code, which is, uh-huh. like, not something I am smart enough to get my head around. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah. But, I, yeah, I love, I don't know, that's that's part of the reason why I like what we're doing with virtual reality and, like, space building, all that kind of stuff, is it's a very interesting place to grapple with not just the technology, but also, like, these ideas of, like, we're creating this this meme of self putting it into this place that is like uncomfortably familiar and unfamiliar at the same time with things like a guy's jaw sticking out the side of his face. Totally. And I just feel like in like letting that's like letting the medium walk the walk of what we're saying, like on this like broader philosophical or intellectual kind of thing of like what it means to be alive right now. I know that that's yeah. like, whoa, man, like uh, this is just a void video. But it's like that's 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 the reason why I find it so fun to work on together. I mean, totally. And that's like the thing is like, uh, I don't know, being alive right now is very confusing Yeah. Um, in a way that I mean, I've, I've been alive for that long. But I feel like it's in many ways more confusing now than it has been Absolutely. at many points in the past. Um, and I don't know. What do you do with that? Um, well, you're having to grapple with an information age and like, what does information mean? And it means that like the the fundamental questions that have like plagued humanity since it's like inception are just more apparent by the day. And then you look at yourself and there's like, there used to be a, a thing with mirrors. Like one of the sacred jewels of um, Japan is is a mirror. And like there was, there was like a, wow, I can see myself level of, like, that was groundbreaking. Now you're able to, like, virtually recreate yourself. How, like, just this, and this, the span between those two things is, like, 2,000 years. Not even. It's, like, 1,000 years. So that's, that alone, just, like, from a, whatever, collective consciousness thing is um, dizzying. Yeah, it is. Um, And it's only, I mean, you know, 200 years ago, less than 200 years ago, like a painting would go on tour. And like everyone would go see this one painting because that was like the one time they get to see art. Mm -hmm. And And then I saw I saw a um, I saw a picture, the the most uh, zoomed in picture that is theoretically possible of the electron just the other cool. and it was and it like it was like what you were saying it was a cloud yeah it was not an individual thing in one individual space it was simultaneously in several different spaces right yeah and that's uh, you know it's a lot I, to like you know it's I've been hard. Playing, I, sorry i playing dungeons i've been playing dungeons and dragons cool and um this this one campaign that we just did it was like we're just like normal people on basically earth like fighting around and suddenly get transported by a wizard onto a different plane and there are like mountains floating in the sky like surrounded by fire and the ground is the ceiling and depending on like which way you think gravity changes and all this kind of stuff and the first thing that you do is you roll a wisdom saving throw of course my character failed because he's an idiot and he basically spends the next like hour and a half of the campaign just throwing up and it's like Sometimes I feel like that, man. Yeah, I mean, it's like what I don't know. In many ways, that seems like the the only 
the only response that really makes sense is just like <laughs> just debilitating nausea from how intense and overwhelming and confusing it all is. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, my my boss doesn't have much use for that, but like, yeah, you know, so I guess I got to like pull it together and <laughs> pretend like it's a, you know, this is yeah. the, this is fine meme, you know? Right. But I, I do think like, I don't know, I think that there are two paths and we're, we're going to probably, you know, like, like, you know, the, the train, um, the train problem and trolley philosophy problem. Yeah, yeah. And, and the, the best answer is to, um, do cross rail, um, <laughs> uh, drifting. So you, <laughs> you end up like having both things happen at the same time. You kill the people and, uh, don't stop the train, um, from falling off the cliff. Yeah. Uh, it feels like that we have been so like binary in everything that we've done, especially in Western civilization of like, there is, there's a logical framework. All of this technology is built on that logical framework. There's a one or a zero. And then we're talking quantum. We're talking all these different things that like introduce the concept of both at the same time. And I think that that's the way to free ourselves from like the existential dread um, is like being able to find peace in um, being an impermanent, not independent not flat or static infinite individual and then being able to like tease out the sense of individuality from that too or like the things that divide divide us and make us distinct um in a lot of ways i think are the things that make all of this so overwhelming to exist in right yeah 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 real trying to make music like that <laughs> trying to make music to do that but in the stupidest possible way right so. yeah because like you know it, it's also that's the other thing is like and one of the things that i really appreciate about this project is it it's very easy to i don't know kind of like disappear up your own ass about some of this stuff absolutely but absolutely. like or to think that i'm right because right. like the the what I'm fundamentally trying to say is I will never be right, or I'll never understand anything. I'm going to get better at a few very limited tasks and then I'll die. Right. And most of what I do won't matter by most people's metrics. Right. But I'm questioning the metrics. Like, what? Like, oh, my goal of life is to be remembered after I die. By who? For how long? Like, right. At what point does that become fulfilling? I, I you know. That, right. that's the kind of music that I want to make. Like I'm an idiot. The fact that that song did well made me so happy to have a song that's like self-proclaiming my own inadequacy. Um, yeah, that's it. But you know, and, and, and the irony is that, that, I don't know, like self negating a little bit. <laughs> it's like, Oh, this is the one that everyone, this is the one that catches on that like people glom onto. I'm like, I don't know. There's something, something about that like self-deprecation that like i don't know it becomes like a self-defeating prophecy or something like that yeah yeah that is so weird and i i I, yeah i i think that like that that's the best way to feel humbled like i'm writing a song we were just talking about it right now about uh before the pod about um like imposter syndrome i was i was like when i'm writing a song about a topic like that i'll go online and i'll like look at like you know, medical research or thing, things to like try to like really soak in like what, how, how are these things described? Cause obviously I feel it, but like, what is the collective feeling of how to go through this? And I read that 70% of people 
feel imposter syndrome. 70%. I, I'm surprised it's that low. That's a good point, too. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, yeah. It's like, nobody knows what they're doing. Yeah. It's terrifying and freeing, mm-hmm. you know, at the same time, you know? And, like, the more convinced someone is that they do know what they're doing, the less inclined I kind of am to trust them. Like, mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, like, I know what I'm doing with, like, there are, like, four and a half things that I'm, like, pretty good at. And, like, <laughs> outside of that, I just, like, I will not pretend to have any clue about anything. Um, and, you know, some people are maybe good at as many as a dozen things. And, like, <laughs> God bless them. But, like, um, sort of outside of the, it, it's when people sort of claim to have the, you know, the grander wisdom or the one weird trick or the, yeah, yeah. The however, you know, finite number of rules to live your life by. Like, it's when it starts to that's when it starts to break down. I agree. And that's when it, it starts to reveal, like it's very Socratic, right? Like it starts to reveal the, like in the preaching, you reveal your own lack of understanding too. Right. Uh, so yeah. Well, with that, that is a podcast about, <laughs> about the everything, the, the meaning of life and uh, making a minute and a half long uh, video in unity. Nailed it. <laughs> Only took us an hour to get through talking about a hundred second video. <laughs> I want to thank you, Max, for uh, coming on the pod. We got to do this again. Uh, uh, more it was a pleasure. <laughs> mysteries to unpack. And thank you for uh, tuning in. If you guys want to see uh, more things, go to scubertdubert.pizza for all the links and uh, hit us up there. Uh, let us know why um, we're totally off base and then we, we can are. come on the pod and lecture us. Hell yeah. This is not a one-way medium. <laughs> come come put us in our place. <laughs> Fucking morons. I'm sure Sam will. <laughs> yeah, oh God. <laughs> Sam, get on here, man. <laughs> All right, man. Talk to you later. Later.